0: Stand clear of the closing doors, please.
1: In a Brooklyn fractured into speculative storyscapes, you never know what could be lurking around the corner. Fantasy, horror, sci-fi, or the just plain weird. Join Professor Brad Overstreet, Senior Junior Lecturer Sam Spellingbound. Professor Emeritus Calliope de Gamowitz and Inquisitor James Earl King II as they discover the stories drifting in and out of your reality.
0: How much farther now? Difficult to
2: say for certain. The aperture tends to migrate depending on its mood and appetites. More good news. Hey, watch where you're pointing that
0: thing over street. What is that thing anyway? Ticonderoga instruments, particle sense. Oh, hey, spelling bound, Look, we've got something. Tachyon readings accelerating. Now to calibrate for a more precise. Oh dear. It broke. How could it break? I bought it in my seventh year as a postdoc. So, we all done here, because I'm about ready for- Shh!
2: Listen. Is that? The aperture, yes. It certainly looks like a raging one. Remarkable, isn't it? No wonder you've been experiencing such accelerated levels of fictional and metafictional migratory patterns.
3: Yes,
2: and you know what the best part is? The number of
0: stories coming in that, you know, can be sold for money. This correlates Perfectly with my own meta theoretics. It all fits like a glove on a rake. Of course, that can't go on forever.
2: Say what now? Uh, The fabric of existence won't withstand it for much longer. The aperture must be closed. And the stories, you know, the blah 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 for money? How do we close it? We can't. Not directly. We need to
0: find the machine. The machine.
2: You know, the machine sounds incredible, and I'd love to be a part of this, but I just remembered my second aunt, once removed, just came down with a fire sale. I mean, a facial agnosia. Oh, uh, is she seeing anybody? Well, not that she knows of, but I promised I'd short sell her dinner and offload as much of her laundry as I could. You know, nappy stuff. Gotta go. Good luck. Oh dear. Is that a story?
0: Trent Darcell was cloned by aliens. By Zigzag Claiborne. It's coming at us fast. Spelling bound, come on!
4: The Aliens Cloned Trent Darcell. In tribute to David Bowie by Zigzag Clayburn. Here's the thing. Don't jump out of an airplane without first making sure there's no UFO under you. Because those suckers will swoop on you in a heartbeat. And then there's the butt probes, the nut trodes, the nasal lubes, the eardrum licklers, the blind taste tests, and the nipple surprise. I know this because I'm watching one insert things into me right now. Actually, not so much me. I'm the clone. See, here's what I see. In a bar fight, aliens would get their asses handed to them. Poor little Grey Point Dexters couldn't beat a girl off a boy band, and I know boy bands because I used to be in one. I'm Trent Darcell. Any psychics picking this up will need to call the Inquirer on my behalf. Trent Darcell is not at an undisclosed location in Australia, no matter how they like to make jokes about Outback Mountain, stupid gay cowboy movie. Right now, just about every orifice I have has something blinking, sticking out of it, and I do not enjoy it in the least. So no, Trent Darcell is not gay. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Okay, so Seinfeld did that, but I make it fresh again. They look exactly like what everybody thinks because that's who's been coming here the past upteen years. They've got pictures lining the walls. Telly Savalas, 78. Hugh Hefner, 94. Both Bushes, George, 98 and 2008 respectively. David Bowie, 71, 77, 80, 84. Monroe, 58. Of course, a group photo with the King, 92. Deal with it. They got people in pictures, in French costumes, but those are probably people from the revolution. Trent Darcel failed history. Marie Antoinette, Marie Osmond, what's the difference? There's some black dudes, there's some Jap dudes. This scientist, I swear I've seen before because he's got this cool wheelchair and robot voice like I am Locotus of Borg, but more mechanical and some old school politicians like Nixon, I recognize him. These little gray fucks have been zipping earth forever, man, like they ain't got shit else to do. Trent Darcel is supposed to be skydiving. Not watching Trent Darcel get anal probed ten times better than that poser, Diamond Lane. Little London prick says boy bands are dead. Says Lip Patrol is a bunch of 40 somethings trying to project teenage anguish. Teenage anguish drives, man, drives everything. Even little gray alien fucks have teenage anguish. Trent Darcell has a private air fleet. Little West End Twit can't say the same. I'm supposed to learn from watching Trent Darcell from what I understand. Clones are given this genetic blip so they can broadcast to each other sometimes, which is cool because I get to have sex with starlets and backup dancers. You no know, backup dancers put out poon for the ages. There's this one named Kimmy, gave me head while I was burying the bone. Tell me how that's possible. He's a lucky bastard. And when they get tired probing for the day, we're popped in the same cell, but separated by a clear half wall, it'd be too much trouble climbing over. Trent usually doesn't feel like climbing anyway. (laughs) Rougher than usual today, man. Shut the fuck up. Dumbass called me Thing One when they dropped me out the vat and introduced me to him, so I call him Thing Two. How I came from somebody so stupid, I'll never know. You cried today, man. You do every day, but today was epic. I waited. He didn't respond. You cry like a little... Shut up! He spat. Literally. Our chronic shame was Trent Darcell was a wet mouth. Couldn't give an interview without sharing saliva, so he licked his lips all the time because some of the black dudes did it and it looked cool. Listen, man, Spock, is that cool or what, told me I'd be out of here soon, so maybe you want to act like we're fam and I pass along any messages, you know? You're a copy. You ain't? Trent Darcell has never composed a melody, has never written Never read, can't truly sing, and certainly never thought in ways that are unique and amazing. Dude, my new brain is the shit. Check this out. And I hit him with my latest song. I've got three albums ready to drop in my mind. To do justice to them, though, I'll have to go solo. So his mouth is hanging when I finish the acapella and do a sweet beatbox fade out on my chest. Came up with that last night when you wouldn't talk to me. Hey, didn't mean to make you cry. That's a beautiful song, ain't it? You'd never have done that. And Spock just happened to be walking by. He gave me the thumbs up. My head bobbed with the appreciative nod. All right, look, man, it's cool. I'm you, right? So it ain't like you'll be missing out. It's a 2.0 world, man. iPod, iPhone, I am. Hell, they might have some 3 titted Kirk chick out in space for you. I'm probably the one getting the short end. I'm an Earth man, I shrugged. That's like going down on somebody when their hotter sister could have gone down on you. He grabbed hold of a knob grafted to his chest. I saw the look in his eye. Oh, man, don't try that again. Spock! Spock! He came padding back in that soft, sissy run aliens have. Spoke perfect English. What? He said. Like they're not supposed to know English. Even Trent Darcell knows enough Spanish to order beer and get laid. I pointed. Damn it, Trent, leave that alone, Spock said. Spock looked at me. He knows all that does is hurt him, right? You know all that does is hurt you, right? It's not like that's a mind control thing. It's a shunt, okay? Leave it alone. We'll need that tomorrow. Three tittied women, Trent. Where? said Spock. The little grill flaps under his chin, puffing with excitement. Universal love, man. Little dude thought I might have found something in the library he hadn't looked up yet. We were cool and all, but I didn't have time to humor him. Trent was about to do it. He yanked that port, screamed, fainted, sprayed blood on the way down, and didn't wake up in time to see me off. Trent Darcell doesn't play instruments, but I told somebody I needed a guitar, and wherever they found one at three in the morning, I don't know, but it was red, slick, and came with a fast-moving roadie who hooked me up and leveled me out so tight I hired him on the spot. I played clunky at first and hammed it up till I learned the sounds, then I played till 4 a.m., giving these lucky bastards half the glorious album I plan to drop next week. My dancers just stared slack-jawed at me. I think I had my picture taken more that night than my entire career. Camera phones stuck out like lighters to capture the ephemeral essential, which, on the spot, became the title of the album. Year was 2002. Time for a new odyssey. And the morning news said it all. Who is Trent Darcell? When I left that club, I got on a plane, got home to L.A., phoned my skydiving pilot, who hadn't wanted to be implicated in Trent Darcell's likely death, to let him know everything was cool. He was unemployed, but everything was cool. I didn't give a single interview, which drove them crazy. I pushed porn off the internet for almost an hour. Blogs, news, posts, searches. Who the hell was Trent Darcell? Because no way he was the man from Lip Patrol. Trent, you want to take this call? My roadie, manager, main man, kept my guitar clean and my calls blocked. This one was on the private band line. Rang with our breakout song's ringtone. Girl! Boom, 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 boom. Slap my beads with your teats, I ad-libbed. Put it through. Trent, what the fuck, man? Said Taylor. How's all this? What? Talent, motherfucker! What the fuck? You trying to leave the band? Make us look bad? He sounded like he was in tears. We could have made that album, man. I can't even get on Leno now, man. I fucked Hilton last night, and I can't even get on Leno. Leno, you pasty bastard. Everybody wants to know how the hell Trent is suddenly popping off like a rabbit on Vialis. You're the number three, man, man. You're the safe one. I'm the brooder. Tawan's the black dude. Tommy's the bad boy. You're Trent. You know the steps and get the milfs. You're the MILF man. Step into the light, brother, is all there is to say. Band's over. Mothers I'd like to fuck, huh? As of now, mothers and daughters better work tandem. You can't break up the band. Threes don't break up the band. Ain't nothing worse than a whining lead singer. (laughs) Taylor, wait. I'm picking up images. My hand gropes the air for comprehension. I'm frowning gotta let you go. And when I disconnect, I drop the phone in the koi pond and sit to collect myself a minute. Cannoli, the roadie of doom, waits ready to fiddle and adjust me as necessary. I nod him off. I'm good, man. It's a sunny day. Ago groupies. Cannoli's handsome enough to get laid on his own, but fly fishing within my sphere? Hey, teach a man to fish and he'll eat for life. The two ladies lounging around my reflecting pool were pure Marlin, man. Too beautiful for relations without sprinklings of Darcelle's pixie dust. Trance so deep now, every day was Never Neverland, and Sydney, Australia was just a dream. I'm not sure what I saw, but it felt like a man asking another man for sex with the kind of anticipation a kid saves for the end of a rainy day. And then it was gone. It was weird. It made me sit in the sun for the rest of the day, waiting for that sensation to come back. When it did, it was more like like the electricity you get when you know somebody is secretly attracted to you, and they ain't half bad themselves. Got a hard-on lasted three days. Fortunately, my new groupies were in, and of themselves, medicinal artists. The new album had four songs that four different politicians picked up to prove they were hip and conscious. The religious right picked up Onion Up Yours. Can you believe it? But the bass line drove you down a gnomic path and the lyrics wouldn't let you swing them one way or another. Lyrics were badass mofos that did your wife and looked you in the eye and said I'm a do you too. The right had been aching for some muscle for years. Cannoli had a fit, but I told them to be cool. I didn't own the music. Nobody owned the music. It was a dove. Yeah, man, but this is what it sounds like when doves cry. Stupid politicians. Brother, they'll lodge onions so far up their ass they won't help but be exposed. We studied with yogis. Secretly funded coups to get rid of African despots and get food to their people because, you know, damn... Got to sit in on high-level policy talks about national healthcare, and let me tell you, that's some sticky air. Human as a bastard with too much money and not enough hair. I released the next album two months later. Called it The Reinvention. 36 damn songs and not a single throwaway. Hailed by critics worldwide as the first ever great American novel set to music. I became so huge I became small. I could walk into restaurants without getting knobbed because anybody who truly listened to the reinvention knew that fawning shit wasn't cool. Cannoli even got to riff on that one. A few acoustic interludes tied in timber to the theme. Again, teach a man to fish. He'd wanted to riff his whole life. I told him to go electric, but he said no. He wanted to slow it down a little. After he released his album, Roadie of Doom... We celebrated like crazy. Bono had done the rooftops. The Beatles had done the rooftops. Even Limp Patrol had done the rooftops. But when me and Cannoli did it, we took it to the stars. To the stars! My red guitar and his tan acoustic on top of a squat parking garage, downtown Detroit. Why Detroit? Because something the little alien dudes put in the water there makes Detroit Rock! Windsor across the water was pissing themselves because they couldn't see. Through the whole concert, I picked up imagery from at least a hundred clones on the four-sided clog below. Black dudes, business dudes, yuppie dudes, dick dudes, pussy girls, and trampoline artistes. Every one of them humping up on whosoever was in front of their pants because you don't get to watch your host being probed without developing a healthy taste for it yourself. And because everybody was grooving anyway, and I learned to play my jams as if I was fingering labial lips. Trent Darcell brought the freaking 60s back. I swear to God, somebody got penetrated when I kicked in the slow jams. Hell, if I closed my eyes, I wasn't sure if I was playing the guitar or my boner. All I knew was Detroit was about to experience the greatest orgasm it had ever had two hours after this crowd dispersed. Mogasm. Detroit Rock City. Me and Canoli hung around the Westin Hotel lobby after that in these glass towers that people still call the Renaissance Center, but the suits call the General Motors headquarters. The car gods bought it. The car gods named it. Renaissance Center. I like it. Gleaming glass towers that look like glass spiders should live there. And at night, at night it's like being in space. A billion lights travel across it. A billion lights sit fixed. A billion lights wink off. If you're lucky, you'll catch a woman undressing after partying the night. There's another high-rise hotel directly across the street. God bless fake invisibility. So we got bored, went to my room, left the lights out, and perused one such angel in bra and jeans, brush her hair, search her suitcases, and finally, finally, popped that clasp after 15 minutes. Breasts as supple as fresh donuts. Wrote a song about her. Then I threw it away. It took about six months for me to look my first clone right in the face. He said he'd been wanting to reach me for some time, but, you know, wife, children, responsibilities. It was David fucking Bowie. The thin white duke himself. The coolest person on the planet Ziggy Jehovah Stardust. We met at Pink's, signed enough autographs to buy a few minutes quiet time, and then ate two of the most unhealthy, ambrosiatic hot dogs ever will be. By then the sun was setting. Smog refraction makes California sunsets kick the ass off anywhere. Do you know why they haven't mastered faster-than-light travel yet? But we asked in their... Cool, clipped accent of his. Not a clue. Because it can't. Been proven how many times? I mean, it's why Einstein did all that bother with his relatives. Their ships don't travel faster than light. Too much distance. No distance in time, though. Why'd they come here? Bowie smiled at me. They never left. That one blue eye of his, and that one dilated eye of his, hid all kinds of secrets of the ages. This man hadn't written Rock and Roll Suicide for no reason. I kind of hoped for some serious exposition, but he just shook my hand and said, Hell of an album. Keep considering time, love. Keep considering time. I told Cannoli I was a clone that very night. He just finished restringing my guitar and had plunked himself in the studio to tune it. Cannoli could have been a pope in another life. He had that kind of gravity. Told him the whole story. How I was really just a copy of a silly, trendy man. Cannoli scratched at that little piece of goatee directly under his lip, letting the universe swirl around his head before he flushed it all in with the black hole of thought. So we become these little gray fucks, huh? He put his medicinal weed down. Wasn't sick, but why wait to fight the odds? You guys here to save the world? Don't be stupid. Now, Of course, he didn't believe me. Not like people believe in Krishna or Jesus. He was just smart enough to take a good look at the other side. Not all clones are stars, man, I told him. He twanged the first four chord progressions. I picked up his guitar, closed my eyes. I followed his jazz took a single hit off his weed. In a flash, I'd analyzed it down to its chemical composition and realized why most people will never make the dream time. They're too afraid to go to sleep. Weed, Zoloft, Xanax. It won't take you there. Can't. What was it Bowie wrote? Time takes a cigarette, puts it in your mouth, you pull on a finger then another finger, then cigarette. The wall-to-wall is calling, but you don't linger, cause you forget. Oh, no, 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 you're a rock-and-roll suicide. Next time I see Spock, I've got some questions for his anthropology major ass. Cannoli wanted to know how we became gray-shriveled fucks. Want to call your next album The Clone Wars? He said. Nah, it's been done canoli did a change up i didn't see coming i coughed a bit he stubbed out his weed i smiled i strummed chaotic like a butterfly for a few but i caught up you'll be ready next time he asked me so we both took it for granted that they were coming back for me at some point hell yeah i was armed with the wisdom of the ages how cool is that? Bowie song played on. Fame was in how you handled being alone. Just turn on with me, because you're wonderful. Oh, give me your hands. Wonderful. Give me your hands. You're wonderful.
1: Daisy Claiborne wishes he'd grown up with the powers of either Gary Mitchell or Charlie X, but without the Kirk confrontation. His work has appeared in Apex Magazine, Strange Horizons, Stupefying Stories, Vex Mosaic, Flash Shots, The Reverie Journal, and a number of anthologies. His latest novel is The Brothers Jetstream, Leviathan. More at www.WriteOnWriteOn.com. That's W-R-I-T-E-O-N-R-I-G-H-T-O-N.com.
2: Nick Dawson is an actor, singer, and acoustic guitar player based in New York City. You can find him at NickDawson9 at gmail.com. This episode of Clydecast season 2 was brought to you by our Kickstarter supporters Bennett Morrison, Gary Benjamin Hope Jr., and Purple Mamba.
3: Don't
0: crash here,
1: This is Emeritus Professor Calliope Degamowitz. If I'm out of the office, it's probably because I'm doing Professor Brad Overreach's job for him. Again, I swear, once doctoral candidates can teleport, they think space and other people's time don't exist. If only we could splice them with lemmings! No offense.
2: Hello, Dr. gamowitz I am right there with you. Can't stand those egg-headed professors. Definitely not you. I mean like Overstreet, not like you. Oh, look at me. I wear fancy ties and I'm too good for walking. Pew, pew, pew. It's high time a time travel or alien abduction story. Just up and ate the guy. Am I right? But hey, speaking of science fiction stories, I thought I'd come to you first with my exciting offer. I have found the motherlode of uh, exclusive, rare, sci-fi theater, not to be confused with your space operas. They were hibernating off, off, (coughs) off Broadway, more like the East River. Anyway, because I like you, I'll let you sample one for free, Hmm. free. This one is a looker. Oldish Woman Leaves Earth, a Marcy Arlen purebred. If you like it, we can negotiate on the rest of the litter. So we should talk soon. Like today, house 15 minutes? I can be there at 5, with donuts, no rush. Oh, this is James Earl King.
3: Oldish Woman Leaves Earth, a play by Marcy Arlen.
1: The cast Oldish Woman, over 50. Chubby has arthritis, she tends to waddle. Three talented aliens, robotic, blobs, big and furry, or whatever. Three regular people as astronauts, any age, ethnicity, gender. Three animals from different phyla, such as amphibian, insect, mammal, or one fish, one bird, one crustacean, an educated monkey. The lighting varies from normal to creepy. Neon lights of various shapes and bizarre colors are scattered around the stage. The setting is somewhere in a city, or theater, or maybe this radio studio. There is a bench that the oldish woman sits on. Other stuff appears later. The first scene. Lights up an oldish woman carrying all the stuff she will use. She places the stuff by her bench and sits down.
3: Let me quote from the great sage, Richard Pryor. I've had a life, sometimes hard, sometimes easy, sometimes fun, sometimes very sad. I've had love, lost it, had it again, lost it, had it, lost it, and had it. Now I'm in the having it stage. My husband is from another country, which, as anyone who still knows me, is pretty typical. I've done a few exceptional, unique things, and other pretty normal, ordinary things. I was okay looking, not beautiful, but not hideous. I've led a minimally spoiled American life, and been fortunate not to have lived through famine, mass pestilence, or war that tore me from my home, until now, of course. My profession was, is, theater. Would like to have been a carpenter, sculptor, science fiction writer, potter, anthropologist, herbalist, animal sanctuary runner, agronomist, hell, even an astronaut if I could have gotten over my fear of heights. But I chose theater. It's risky but safe, and I can learn about many things for a short time. Now, I am in charge of making sure that people do not think too hard about the, and I quote, end of life as we know it. I'm not talking about, say, the destruction of the middle class, or a major change from a rural to urban culture, or even global warming so folks don't get to have beach houses anymore. I'm talking about life as we know it. From now on, it will be life as we don't know it. We gotta move. Leave. Earth. We have been told in no uncertain terms by the powers that be that we have to leave, vacate, hit the road, Jack, find another place, leases up, we're raising the neighborhood. Everywhere. The whole damn world. Shacks, huts, Hogan's, caves, fortresses, mansions, apartment buildings, lean-tos, you name it, we gotta go. It has taken about 10,000 years, but every other living thing on Earth is finally fed up with us and with a few previously unknown cosmic connections, has booted us off God's green acre into the vast unknown of outer space. Not that we don't deserve it. We do. We screwed things up royally. Some more than others, but that doesn't matter. Too bad, too bad, we've been told. But it's not my fault, cried the poor and downtrodden. And they are right, it's not. But again, too bad.
0: Gotta
1: go. Three astronauts enter. Oldish woman takes a space suit out of her bag. The astronauts help her get into it. Dance a slow, soft shoe to the music. When everyone gets tired, they sit down. Oldish woman goes back to her bench. The astronauts go off stage. The oldish woman takes a tofu turkey sandwich out of a Tupperware container. She removes a large Sunday New York Times from the bag. She eats the sandwich.
3: Scene two.
1: A cat, a butterfly, and a frog enter. Or a hedgehog, a wasp, and a clam enter. They walk, crawl, hop, fly onto the stage. What they are saying are speeches from Martin Luther King, Hitler, and Simone Bolivar.
3: What are you saying? Oh, I see. Uh Uh-huh. Yes, of course. Uh, makes sense. No! Horrible! Oh, my God! What? Uh Uh-huh. Oh. Oh, yeah.
1: The animals dance and talk getting closer to the
3: oldish woman. Oh, dear. Yes, 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 yes. Well, stay away. Stay away. I love it. Ah! Oh, my God. Oh, you're kidding me. Ah! Lights
1: out. Lights up. Oldish woman and the animals are caught hugging each other. Oldish woman moves sheepishly back
3: to her seat. I, I, my knees hurt. I can't believe this. Oh, God. So, as I was saying, we have to go. We have been given a place to go to. Unlike ourselves, our evictors are not totally inhumane. And we can bring memories. I'd like you to look at some slides. It's PowerPoint. I didn't prepare it. My nephew did. Hmm. My husband, he left the planet last week. My kids, (laughs) they left with my husband and their kids. Some friends, some things I used to have. Two calico cats, a credenza from my grandmother, my frying pan, a pair of opal earrings, an old battered Toyota, my pillow. Some folks I admired. Richard Pryor. Václav Havel. Wangari Ma'athi. Gloria Steinem. Mr. Spock. Barack Obama. Ursula K. Le Guin. Yitzhak Rabin. Akira Kurosawa.
1: Some ugly places. Oldish woman shows us scenes of war and torture. Auschwitz, vivisection, mutilation, beheadings, destroyed Amazon rainforest, murdered lions and tigers and elephants, dead fish in polluted rivers, AIDS victims, whale hunts, baby seals being clubbed to death. and some beautiful places. It hasn't been all bad. Oldish Woman shows us scenes of mountains, the Great Barrier Reef, Mount Kilimanjaro, manatees, jellyfish swarms, Victoria Falls, penguins and the Antarctic, northern lights, baby seals playing, a hummingbird, a butterfly. The next scene, the stage is empty, Two aliens enter. Alien one speaks in a buzzing sound. Alien two speaks in a trilling sound. There are supertitled translations of their speech into Igbo, Thai, Quechua, Navajo, Basque, and Finnish. The aliens tell the following story which Oldish Woman will translate for you into English.
3: Go ahead, Oldish Woman. Thank you. Here goes. Once upon a time, in a place far, far away, lived an old lady. She knew many things, like how to grow things in a garden, how to take care of animals, how to do higher calculus. She wondered, what if you couldn't be reincarnated until you were forgotten by the living That would mean that Shakespeare is actually suffering in reincarnation limbo because he is so famous, stuck, never to be anything new. The old lady wonders if we can imagine a world where sex for young people is allowed only with old women. (laughs) Lights shift to
1: educated monkey. He is sitting in front of an old-fashioned typewriter, tapping slowly one key at a time. The monkey is wearing a pink skirt and a little cute jacket. It is much too tight. Oldish woman reads over the monkey's shoulder, which irritates the monkey.
3: Please read, if you haven't already, or thrown out on the floor, or stuffed it in your bag, the very important theater manifesto written by the author that is included in your program. If you don't want to read it, fine. But you will be missing a profound piece of an exegesis on the theater profession Mm -hmm. that took a lot of thought and is really brilliant. In the meantime, please enjoy the following film clip.
1: We see clips of great moments of people throughout history. Boat people, long marches, sad and nostalgic, the trail of tears, Syrian refugees, Israelis leaving Egypt, immigrants at Ellis Island, Hannibal crossing the Alps, people on slave ships. Oldish woman and the monkey are dancing slowly, desperately. Finally, the monkey grabs his typewriter and runs off stage. Oldish woman runs after him. The next-to-last scene. A rope ladder drops with a big... onto the stage. An alien climbs down the ladder with several clipboards hanging from its body. Two actors skip across the stage, carrying suitcases, backpacks. The alien checks their documents, searches through their luggage, stamps the documents and the people. The people climb up the rope ladder. They leave their stuff behind. The alien throws the stuff off the stage. After all the humans are up the ladder, the alien climbs up after them and the ladder rolls up and disappears. Oldish woman sneaks back on stage and sits in a corner. Bye-bye, people! She is eating some Paul Newman cookies. An alien approaches, looks for her, finds her. The alien grabs a cookie. Hey! The alien eats the cookie and throws a crumb at the audience. What are you? That's disgusting. What are you doing? Another alien enters and steals a cookie and eats it, then eats all the cookies. Hey, those are all mine. What's the matter with you? The alien grabs oldish woman and drags her off the ah! stage. Ah! has a thermos. It opens the thermos and pours water on the stage, sits down and plays with the water. The second animal throws a lot of leaves and branches around and settles into sleep. The third animal brings in a tape deck or a cassette. Lights fade slowly. End of play.
0: control to Major
3: Tom.
1: Marcy Arlen's Spec Fiction has appeared in Daily Ground Science Fiction, to PerihelionSF.com, Kaleidocast Season 1 and 2, take Diabolical Brody's Plots, Spill Broad Universe Sampler, hell hell and Manifest on. Journal of Experimental Theater. Ground she writes about international and American the theater songs. at TCGCircle.org and is editor of Czech Can Plays' Seven New countdown. Works. In Another Life, she is artistic director of the Obi-Winning Immigrants Theatre Project and has taught theatre at CUNY, Yale, Brown, University of Chicago, and Pace. In Another Other Life, she was a Fulbrighter to the Czech Republic and Romania. She loves giving creative theatre workshops and coaching sessions for speculative fiction writers. Marcy volunteers for PawsNYC.org. She'd like to have a new website, but does have an underused Twitter account, at Marcy Arlen. She lives in Brooklyn with a ghost and two cats.
2: Catherine Cates spent over 25 years in L.A., where she was a founder, acting member, and producer of the award-winning Colony Theater. She is probably best known for her reoccurring role on Seinfeld, in the iconic episodes The Marble Rye and The Babka. She currently recurs as Jason Biggs' mother on Orange is the New Black, also recurring in the Jennifer Lopez NBC hit Shades of Blue as Mrs. Saperstein, and recurs as Judge Marlene Simmons on Law & Order SVU. She has performed on Broadway and Off-Broadway, most recently in Labyrinth's Nice Girl at NY Theater Workshop in Food & Fadwa, on Theatre Row in Herman Klein's Midlife Crisis and start along with Greg Mulvaney and Gabby Hoffman in The Last Seder. You can contact her at katherinekatesataol.com
0: This episode of ColliderCast Season 2 was brought to you by our Kickstarter supporters Kate Belli, Susanna Martinez-Condé, and Zigzag Claiborne. Thank you! Thank you for listening to The Kaleidocast, a production of the Brooklyn Speculative Fiction Writers, who can be found at bsfwriters.com. Your hosts are Marcy Arlen as Clyde P. Degamowitz, Bradley Robert Parks as Brad Overstreet, Cameron Roberson as James Earl King II, and Sam Schreiber as Sam Spellingbound. Your editors and producers are Marcy Arlen, who's also our director, Bradley Robert Parks, Jessica Plumley, who provides additional vocals, Cameron Roberson, managing editor, and Sam Schreiber, our story runner. Our music is Delusion of the Fury, Act Two, Treats with Life and with Life Despite Life, Arrest, Trial and Judgment, Joy in the Marketplace, by Harry Parch, used by permission of Innova Recordings and the Harry Parch Foundation. Our intro was produced by sound engineer Matt Mozzarella. This podcast uses many sound effects from YouTube, freesound.org, and from FreeSFX at freesfx.co.uk. See our website for a full list of sounds from each episode. Special thanks go out to Marcus Song, Daniel Stalter, Margot Atwell at Kickstarter, C.S.E. Cooney, Carlos Hernandez, Fran Wilde, and Kat Valente. The Kaleidocast and all its contents are protected by a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 4.0 International License, which means you can share it all you want, but don't sell it or change it, and give credit to the Kaleidocast and its authors. If you like what you hear, please leave a review on iTunes, or go to our website at kaleidocast.nyc to comment on what you've heard here, and to find links to all our contributors.